0: going today guys back here live in the studio for an episode of hot takes with tp3 i'm your host thomas penland joined once again by ben Gorwitz today on tuesday june 8th 2021 ben say what's up to the people
1: what's going on everyone hope everyone had a great tuesday hopefully it was better than than my day but uh we're here to brighten it up whether you had a bad day you had a good day we're here to keep it going for you so uh got some great topics here i think i think you guys are going to enjoy this one
0: Oh, yeah. I think everybody's going to enjoy this one, too. We're going to hit on all kinds of sports, a lot more spread out than you think we would. We're even going to hit on soccer on this podcast. That's how in-depth we're going on everything. So y'all get ready, get strapped in for another good one. Um, ben, a lot happened in the sports world once again over this weekend. You got to love that. Things have been popping off lately, giving us lots of good things to talk about. First topic here. Um, let's talk about one that unfortunately sucks, and that is Julio Jones is no longer an Atlanta Falcon. Um, ben, let's talk about as Falcons fans, like obviously we're saddened that Julio Jones is out of here, but do you think the Falcons made the right move? And what impact do you think this has on the future?
1: Well, I mean, he requested a trade a couple months ago. So, I mean, this shouldn't come to a shock to any Falcons fans. Um, I mean, maybe the shock that they actually went through with it, but we, I mean, you and I have been talking about this for at least a month now, like, it's just like, what are we going to get through Julio? And when is he going to be gone? So Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I texted you immediately after he got traded, and you know, I, I the message was I think I think the Falcons did okay. I, I think they did pretty good. Um, you know, if I had to grade the trades, I would say the Titans probably get like an A and the and the Falcons get like a B or B plus. That that's kind of where I'm at in my head. Um it, it was pretty clear, it's been pretty clear that the Falcons weren't gonna get a first round pick. There was rumors that there, there was one team. That was willing to do it. We, I have no idea what that team was um, or if that was even true. So they got a second and a fourth or a second and a fifth?
0: A second and a fourth, but the fourth is, second you, is 2023. It's 2023.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, I think the Falcons did fine. And, you know, when it comes to like Arthur Smith, uh, the new Falcons head coach, you know, he's not worried about it. I think he answered a question today that I saw some, it ruffled some feathers on Twitter. Um. You know, whether he was like, I'm focused on the guys that wanna be here. I'm focused on the guys that I have. I can't answer for Julio Jones. I never coached the guy. I mean, what is he supposed to say? Like, I, I don't think I don't I mean, I think Arthur Smith is I mean, he accepted a job and the best player of the team is is now gone. So obviously it's unfortunate for him. I don't think I, I still think he would have taken the job even if Julio wasn't on the roster. I don't know if he would have left the Tennessee Titans if Julio went to the Titans per se, but let's just say Julio went to a different team. I, You know, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I don't think that yeah. impacted, you know, I don't think he regrets it now because everyone wants to be a head coach. So, I mean, he, he's going to have his chance. There's turnover uh, with the roster. He's going he's gonna to try and get everything he can out of the guys that he has. Unfortunately, Julio is not one of those guys.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Definitely sucks. Julio did a lot for us. Got to love everything he did. But honestly, at the end of the day, you know, I don't even know if Julio Jones really wanted to be on the field like he used to. I mean, every single game he was standing on the sidelines, it felt like even when he was healthy, he was over there staying on the sidelines. It really was just Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage running around out there trying to make things happen, I felt like, really, this last season. So, I mean, yeah, it definitely sucks having Julio out of there. I mean, shit, I have, like, four Julio jerseys over here in my closet for me and a Falcons fan, but – it's just the way things go. You know, it's business. Obviously you'd like to see him finish his career in Atlanta, but like you said, Ben, you know, this was no secret. It was going to happen. We've been expecting it for months now. Um, I mean, obviously I would say the Titans won the trade. The fact you can get a hall of fame level player for literally just a first round pick. I mean, for not even a first round pick is pretty crazy, but at the same time, you know, the Falcons getting that kind of return for Julio, that was probably the best trade we could get. So I think Julio got a good end of the deal. I think the Falcons did. I think the Titans did. I mean, I think it's all around winter, always around on the trade, but, yeah, you know, it definitely sucks seeing Julio gone from here. But the future of Atlanta's offense is definitely Kyle Pitts. So, I mean, the fact that we can put his and productivity Ridley. back in here, it's going to be nice.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's still Calvin Ridley. Um, you know, I, just to add on real quick why this is also a good trade for the Falcons is now that Julio's cap is off of their salary, yeah. they can actually afford to sign all of their draft picks if that was their plan. I think before they could only maybe sign a couple of them, obviously Pitts would have been one of them. But now they have the the luxury of signing all of their draft picks, um, which is important. I mean, this is going to be a young team. It's still a young defense that it it needs to improve. So the more competition, the more depth, the better. Um, I I think that's all I have on on this topic for now, at least. Actually, you know what? I'll add one more. I'm kind of wondering if any of the animosity coming from Arthur Smith, I wonder if he's tired of answering the same questions over and over. Or if he's maybe pissed about how this all went down, and and that goes back to Shannon Sharp and Undisputed, like there was a Bleacher Report, who's not always the most credible, but Bleacher Report, I got an alert on my phone at this weekend or at the end of last week or something like that, saying Julio did not know he was on speakerphone on live TV. So if you want to believe Bleacher Report, that's what that's the story they run with. You can find it on BleacherReport.com. Um, you can find it in their app. Maybe Arthur Smith is pissed at that. I, I don't know. I'm not going to speak for Arthur Smith. But I'm still upset with Shannon Did I'm over it. I'm over it. He's not living rent free in my head, but I'm still pissed off about it.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely still pissed off about it, too. I mean, that was completely ridiculous. But yeah, you know, I agree with you. Ben, we had to open up that cap space somehow because we're still going to have Matt Ryan. You know, Matt and Julio can't take up the entire space now and not have the same impact they used to on the team. Um, next topic up here before we go into a lot of NBA talk, we got to hit on, um, as you guys know, big story from another sport we usually don't talk about, which is boxing. So Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather, they both fought down in Miami in, in an exhibition fight. Chad Ocho Cinco also fought in that and Look, I know a lot of people were saying they weren't going to buy it. They didn't want to watch that clown show. I mean, no, am not going to lie. I'm, I mean, combat sports is interesting. It's just not something, you know, I I'm one of those nerds that would rather watch the heat play the Hornets than watch the title weight MMA fight. That's just me though. But you know, it still was entertaining to watch go out and everything. And you know, I'm going to have to go on the side of, I like things like this, you know, like I personally I gotta give give Logan Paul some credit, man. I mean, he's not a boxer. He stepped up in there with the greatest of all time. Obviously, he's was a lot taller and a lot bit uh, weighed a lot more. Like the comparisons were crazy on all that stuff. But, you know, he did well. He went the full eight rounds. It looks like Floyd Mayweather tried to knock him out, but I thought it was fun. There was a lot of hype, you know, like the introductions and everything. Like they brought out a couple rappers to come out and introduce them. It was Moneybag Yo and the Migos, you know, and like Logan Paul had the Charizard chain on with the, with the Beckett 10. That was hilarious. I just thought it was great showmanship. And, you know, it was like an interesting and funny event to watch. And if you actually like boxing, I mean, I don't actually like boxing, but that fight before it, I can't remember if these guys were fighting, but that was a hell of an entertaining fight.
1: Yeah, so I'm more of a boxing and, and UFC guy than you. Mm-hmm. Um, as you just mentioned, it's you know, combat sports, you don't really love it. I, I do I like the UFC a lot better. But if mm-hmm. boxing could could go back to what it used to, then those days were exciting too. But a couple, you know, key points to point out is one, it was an exhibition. So there was no judges, there was no declared winner or loser. So Floyd Mayweather's record of 50 and 0 which includes the McGregor one. So if you don't want to include the McGregor one, then it's forty nine and zero. Um, so, I mean, here's the thing: he wasn't, he didn't lose. I mean, if there was judges, he would have won anyway. Just the total amount of punches,
0: absolutely, in
1: between them. I mean, it was it was a dog. Fight. I mean, it wasn't a dog fight. It was it was kind of a blowout. But you know, I'll say this: for the question of should stuff like this continue, well. Floyd Mayweather made 100 million dollars on that fight. Logan Paul made 30 million dollars. So the answer is a very quick yes. This stuff is going to continue to happen. Listen, if you don't like it, don't buy it. I didn't buy the pay-per-view. It's it's pretty easy to find a stream for these fights. They're free. It might give your computer, you know, viruses every once in a while, but I mean that's the chance to take with the illegally streaming, right? So if you don't like it, don't watch it you know, mute the words on Twitter. Like don't, if sports center has it on flip the channel, like you can easily avoid stuff that you don't like to to see or hear or talk about. So just don't watch it and, and let the people that like it, like it and don't interfere with them. Like, it's pretty easy. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Right. I agree. There's plenty of other things to do in the world. So, um, you know, this stuff is going to continue. I, I don't know if I like, like it care for it. I mean, I don't know. Like, I watched it, I streamed it, I would never pay for it, but this stuff's gonna continue to happen. That was legit as, as let me use the quote that Floyd Mayweather said. If if let me find it actually, because I know where it is. It's basically like if if legalized bank robbing was a thing, I'm the best at it. And you know what? He is. Because that was that was probably just a workout for him. I mean, yeah, he got punched a couple times in the head. nothing that was even close to knocking him down stumbling him over nothing so that wasn't much for him i know he's 44 years old the guy's hands are still quick the body's still quick i mean he looks fine to fight a guy like logan paul so um you know my thing with the paul brothers is i think jake paul the other one is more serious about boxing Mm -hmm. i think logan just knows how to rack in a bag as he just got into 30 million for that i mean listen a lot of credit to him for making it all eight rounds, um, but he did not win that fight if there had to be a declared winner, which is fine. He got $30 million. So So um, Jake Paul's next fight is actually very interesting. It's it's against, uh, I think, Tyson Woodley is, is his name. He's a former UFC guy, so that'll be yeah. interesting. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this stuff's going to continue to happen. I mean, when when you're making money like that, it's hard to say no.
0: Yeah, no, I'm all for it. I think, like, the thing that makes me not as big of a UFC fan or, like, a fighting fan as I should be is this that, like, a lot of us follow other sports so much closer. You know what I mean? So I feel like I'm not as well connected with, like, the fighters and stuff. But I felt like with an event like this, that I actually was better connected with the fighters. But don't get me wrong. Anytime, like, a guy like McGregor, like, there's a huge fight, probably going to watch it no matter what. Um, Anyway... Next topic here is one that I've actually been chopping at the bit to talk about. this, we're finally down to the NBA portion of the show here. And Ben, I think it's finally time to say it. I'm ready to say it at least. I don't know if you agree with me or not. I think Luka Doncic at this point is LeBron in Cleveland before he goes to Miami. I mean, this team is pretty screwed right now with their cap situation. They gave a humongous contract to Porzingis before he actually played a game for them. So they're locked in on him for their future now. I mean, t- Tim Hardaway Jr. is a free agent. Um, let's be honest, though. Outside of Luca, he has no number two. I mean, they went to Boban Marjanovic to try to be to try to save them in the playoffs. I mean, this team has nothing outside of him. Yeah, Jalen Brunson can hit some threes. I mean, Josh Richardson's completely forgotten how to play offense. I mean, at the end of the day, it's Luca and a bunch of scrubs out there, and. Luca needs some help, man. The only thing is they can't really do anything. They traded all their first-round picks pretty much to acquire Porzingis. So it's Luca and pretty much no team around him. I mean, this to me has all the makings of LeBron his first year in Cleveland. You know, Cleveland couldn't bring in that second free agent to play with LeBron. I think the same thing's happening to Dallas right now.
1: So I don't hate the LeBron when he was first in Cleveland analogy. Um, I have another one, though. Um, okay. You know the defi- you know the definition of insanity?
0: Trying Doing to the same thing, thing over and over and over again?
1: E- expecting a different result? Mm-hmm. Well, I think Mark Cuban might be insane. I think he's going to experience some deja vu <laughs> uh, if this podcast happens to stumble upon him. Um, this reminds me of Dirk. Yep. I mean, yep. Dirk had Steve Nash. They brought Steve Nash in, but there was really no one else on that team that I can remember, at least. I mean, I was a little bit younger, but was there anyone... In Dirk's main – in his Mavericks career, he didn't have a ton around him until he got late, until Jason Kidd came in and Jay- Jason Terry and, and, and that title team. They're Outside still the washed, though. Team, yeah, know? I mean, they were older, but but they could all still play. Um, I mean, they beat the Heat. So, it. I don't know. I mean, I was kind of listening to something today, and I agreed with it. Like, Mark Cuban, looking back on it, I love the guy. Absolutely love Mark Cuban. Um, but – He's not very great at building a team. <laughs> he hasn't built great teams in his past. And this reminds me of what's happened. I think Luca is Dirk. I think you have a once in a generation yeah. European player that is absolutely good enough to win MVP and, uh, you know, to win a championship for you because he's going to be the most talented guy on a court in 99% of the games the Mavericks play. Luke, Luke is the best player on the court, I would say. But yep. it's a team game. Like, you need help. And, you know, I liked Tim Hardaway. I I actually really like Jalen Brunson. I thought, I think he should get more minutes. But, like, if you got to get help. I don't know. Good luck getting rid of Porzingis. Um, I don't think anyone really wants his contract for what you get out of him. But, like, you got to figure something out with Porzingis to make this right. Because you're just paying him too much to just cut him. So... I mean, I don't know. I, like you mentioned, their cap is kind of a disaster. Uh, a lot of that has to do with Porzingis because he's probably their highest paid player, if I had to guess. Um, Porzingis, I believe, is up for the Supermax, and he's going to sign it. I mean, he's not leaving Dallas, so I don't know. They have a lot of problems, but outside of uh, the early Cleveland LeBron teams, I think it kind of reminds me of Dirk in his days as well. And Dirk... I'm, yeah. I'm just saying he didn't have much talent around him. Dirk had more talent than Lucas guy right now. His no. second best player. Who's the second best player? Tim Hardaway Jr.?
0: <sighs> probably, right? Depends on the day, but yeah, probably Tim Hardaway Jr., honestly.
1: I mean, between Hardaway Jr., Finney Smith, or Porzingis, that's probably that's probably who I'm deciding. I'm between.
0: actually a big uh, Maxi Kleber guy. I like him that's and fine. Dwight Powell a lot. I think they're scrappy and they can scratch stretch the floor with you, but that's fine, but they're what top
1: outside of the top 30 big men in the NBA. Yeah,
0: they're <laughs> yeah, they're I mean yeah,
1: they're they're like the average players.
0: In 2K terms, I don't even think these guys break 79, so that's enough yeah, for you sorry. right there. Yeah, they got
1: a lot of problems. But I mean you listen, you gotta get Luke to help. He can't do it all himself because he did enough in that Clipper series.
0: No, I agree with you on that one completely. So, yeah, you know, Luca, get this man some help. Get this man a new team or something. You don't want him being the next guy to ask for a trade out of there. That's the last thing Dallas would want to see. Um. Anyway, tonight we have tipping off the next series in the NBA playoffs, and that is your four seed, Los Angeles Clippers, playing against the number one seeded Utah Jazz. Ben, let's preview this series a little bit. Who do you think's winning, and why? Oh man, this is tough because I, I. I've doubted the
1: Jazz all year, um, all, all, po- all, all of our podcasts long. People can go back Same. and hear that I've kind of said the Jazz are kind of frauds for being a one seat. I think they're a I good think. team. I just don't think they're the best team in the West. But I have no faith in the Clippers, man. Like, I, I think Kawhi, I think you owe him an apology. Um, he's shown out. Man, Paul George is still a problem. Mm-hmm. He's just—he's an issue, man. I don't know what his problem is in the playoffs, but he is not very good. Um. Listen, I, I'm gonna—if it goes seven, I'm gonna pick the Clippers because in Game Seven, I'm gonna—I'm going to take the best player on the court, and in this series, in my opinion, the best player on the court is Kawhi Leonard. But I'm gonna go Jazz. I'm going to go Jazz in six.
0: Okay, so I got two ways of looking at this. The first way I can look at this, bin is I'll give Kawhi Leonard an apology and say Kawhi Leonard will be the best player in the series and he'll be the reason why they win this series. Now, what he did in game six was definitely a legendary performance by him. He was the best player on the floor and not only did he do that, he put Luke in an absolute defensive straitjacket. Obviously, the Mavs had a better game plan to attack it, which shows how good of a coach Rick Carlisle is in game seven which I think phenomenal. always, you know, like the game plans he had that series, the way that he's able to bounce back. I mean, they literally have one player and the fact he was still able to find ways to get around Kawhi was amazing. But, um, you know, I won't fully give Kawhi my apology yet because my main thing what I said was just that he's a bad leader. I didn't say he's a bad player. He's just a bad leader. You know what I mean? That's so, fair. He's quiet. I, Yeah. I mean, I also do hate Kawhi. So, but I mean, still though, I just don't think he's a great leader, but you can look at it that way Is the best player is going to win the series, but I'm, you know what? Since then on this podcast, we have to, for this sake, I'm going to hold a gun to my head and I'm going to do the exact same thing you did. I'm taking the jazz in six, man. Look, I think dallas i think dallas made the clippers expend a lot of injury in uh, energy on the defensive end also too i don't know if this small ball lineup is going to work the clippers have figured out how to use a small ball lineup against the jazz because i mean we saw them do it when the dallas used mark you know they put in uh, morris at center and they shot a lot of threes and kind of dribble drove a lot i mean you didn't even see zubats and uh what's his face even play anymore? It was Terrence Mann and Rondo off the bench in Beverly. I mean, those guys were, for, were afterthoughts. You know, those guys got buried down the bench. And now you saw Terrence Mann, you saw Rondo. I mean, you saw a smaller Reggie Jackson, a much smaller Clippers lineup ball out. All well, that being said, though, I mean, these are two of the best three-point shooting teams in the league but man, this jazz team just sprays threes. I still think Donovan Mitchell is coming into his own. This could be the Donovan Mitchell statement series. He tried to do it last year in the playoffs, but I think this could really be the series where Donovan Mitchell really steps up and really just comes into his own as a player and really, really steps in here. I'm going jazz in six, man. I think this jazz team is special. I think they're hit a lot of threes. I don't think they're going to win the West, but I think they could get to the next round versus Phoenix.
1: Yeah. I want to add this real quick. Um, You know, comparing the teams, the Clippers just beat a Dallas team that plays absolutely no defense at all. Mm -hmm. Um, They've never heard of the word defense. Luka doesn't play defense. No one really plays defense on that team, Um, except Finney Smith. I'll give him credit; pretty good defender. But the Jazz play, they do play defense. They have the defensive player of the year anchoring their inside middle. So um, Mike Conley's been a terrific defender his entire career. They have guys. So I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult for the Clippers. And, and this kind of goes hand in hand with that point. In, I think starting game five of the Clippers first round series against the Mavs, we really saw in the games they were winning, a lot of their role players start to kind of step it up. I guess it was really game three, but like Reggie Jackson finished that series playing very, very well. Mm -hmm.
0: Is he going to do that against Mike Conley? So Mike Conley's actually out tonight. So, is he out?
1: Okay, but he's not going to be out for the whole series.
0: Yeah, but I, I mean, besides, Mike Conley's missed a ton of times the last two seasons. The Jazz know how to play without Mike Conley. I don't think that that's really, you know, the worst thing ever. Well,
1: my point is, I think even, I mean, at home, role players typically play better. That's just a fact in sports. But mm-hmm. the role players for the Jazz, and there's a lot of depth on their role players. I mean, Ingles, Bogdanovich, Jordan Clarkson, um, Derek Favors, even though he starts – or maybe he doesn't start anymore, but he's a role player. Um, who's another wing? I'm forgetting. It's what basically it? outside Outside Bo- of Donovan uh, Mitchell, Conley, and Gilbert. Bogdanovich, if I didn't say him. Like, those guys are better than Paul George, Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson. I- I'm sorry, but, like, I would take the Jazz players all day. Like, yeah. I'm t- it, I- that's who I'm taking. So the role players are better. Um, they play better defensively than the Clippers' last opponent. And the Clippers struggled through there. So uh, Royce O'Neal, that's another uh, guy that defends his field. They have a lot of guys that can defend and hit threes, and they let their star players, which is typically Donovan Mitchell and when Mike Conley plays, they control the pace. They control everything. Donovan Mitchell is a very good um, slasher to get to the rim, but he's also a very good passer when the driving lane's not there. He can kick it out to whoever he wants on the wing. All of these guys can drain from threes, especially Ingles, Bogdanovich, Jordan Clarkson, Royce O'Neill. Those guys can all drain from threes. Versus, I don't know what you get from Paul George. I, I don't know what I'm going to get on a game to game basis. He can go. I mean, he can go two for nine, or he can go five for nine. Like I, yeah. I, mean, I have no idea what you're going to get out of him. So I think that's an
0: issue. Kawhi cannot do this himself. Hey, this is Paul George's chance, you know, to right all his wrongs right here in this series. So we'll He just that. had a chance against the Mavericks, and he sucked then. Hey, Kawhi bailed him out, you know. He can always – the thing is in, in sports, you can always write your wrongs in one big game. So, Paul George yeah, got too. a chance to do all that here in this series. Um. Anyway, let's move to just kind of general NBA playoff talk. So, I want to say this, Hawks fans. As you all can see, I haven't gotten too far ahead of myself yet. I mean – you know, 150% Philadelphia is winning this game tonight. I would be absolutely shocked. I will <laughs> say this. The first thing that pisses me off is the fact that Bid Simmons said, if the referees call the game right, what's that supposed to mean? So if you can push and foul Trey Young, that you can guard him, no shit. Anybody can foul somebody if they can – anybody guard anybody if they can foul them. I mean, that was a huge win by the Hawks, not going to lie. I expect us to steal at least one there. I still think they could steal one. Like, let's – if we win this game tonight, I'm 100% in on the Hawks winning the series – you know, I still just think that it might be a season too soon. You know, what do you think, Ben?
1: Um, I mean, I'm listening, I'm treating this the same way that I treated the Knicks series and in round one. The Hawks won game one on the road, it was tremendous, obviously, in a greater fashion. Uh, they went on a buzzer beater in New York, they blew out the Sixers in game one. So the Knicks won game two, that was a must win for, for the Knicks. I, I don't think this is as much of a must win as it was for the Knicks. You know, for the 76ers, because they're more talented, they can, they play better on the road since Doc Rivers has been their coach than they have in years past. Um, I think they know they can win in Atlanta. Um, mm-hmm. The Knicks, I was I was pretty confident that the Knicks were not going to beat the Hawks in Atlanta. The Hawks have, had won 11 straight home games coming in uh, off the regular season, and I knew that the Hawks were just a better team than the Knicks. They have more depth. Like I said before, role players play better at home. Yep. It just happens, um, so I don't think this is a must-win for the 76ers, But I do think their fan base will be freaking out because that's what they do. They're I mean, very must-win.
0: They're just very because, reluctant. Uh,
1: well, I think they could win two in Atlanta. If They go down two-zero in Philly. They're the more talented team.
0: Yeah, but like they can does easily have win the... two more. But Embiid does have the knee injury, and also too on top of that, I feel like Ben 39. Simmons and Tobias Harris. No, that I mean, don't get me wrong, Embiid's still going to get his. But I mean, Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris have not proven to be anything, in my opinion, under pressure. So you know, I'm I'm more leaning on the no, side. I hear of, you. I, don't know, I, I would. Lo- let's put it this way: I would love to see what Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris do with that kind of pressure. If we win tonight, I think we win the series for sure. I still think it's going to be a hell of a series. We're Atlanta, so like I said, I'm going to play the underdog role the rest of the playoffs. Even if I think we're going to win the series, I'm just going to sit back and say, you know, I think the other team's got it and we're the underdog here. Let's play the underdog role. Now, I will say this, though. I love how everybody's saying, oh, the game's in good hands with Trey Young and stuff. Y'all are the same dumbasses that me and Ben were sending <laughs> each other lists on Twitter of people not putting Trey Young in the top 10 best players under 25. I got better things to do with my time than scroll back and remind you guys, but let's put it this way. There was a lot of disrespect towards Trey Young and all that needs to stop. He's one of the true up-and-coming superstars in this league. The league is definitely in good hands, though. Let's talk about another one, though. How about Devin Booker, those Suns last night, man? Did you watch the second half of that game? I did, and honestly... Um, a, a little prop bet that I
1: took for the the Hawks Sixers game, just real quick. Uh huh. I I took Seth Curry over three and a half threes, Don't hate plus two fifty, and I also took Seth Curry over four and a half threes, plus six forty. Just throwing that out there. I think it's a good bet.
0: I like both those because you get positive positive EB on them, so yeah, I'll definitely like those. But yeah,
1: I mean, so I did watch the Suns. I mean, Chris Paul. I mean, listen, you you know by now he's one of my favorite players of all time. He's probably Mm -hmm. my second favorite player. Um, People who know me know that I'm a massive Klay Thompson fan. But um, listen, Chris Paul absolutely took over the end of that third quarter, or really the third quarter in general. That's what he's there to do. I mean, he, he was brought into the Suns to give the keys to Devin Booker, and when games get tough, when games come down to the fourth quarter, Chris Paul is there to have his veteran leadership. To get them over the hump and he's done absolutely that absolutely that chris paul has done wonders for this team he will continue to do wonders and he looks healthy man
0: no oh, absolutely i mean i guess it was just kind of like a shoulder strain rather than a real big injury you know because like you said he looks so much better since coming back from that shoulder injury and everything I mean, I personally just think that the games will go a lot like they did in the second half. You know, the first half, Denver came out, brought a lot of energy, brought a lot of good stuff to the table. But, you know, at the end of it, when it was all over, they ended up t- pulling away and winning the game in the second half. I think that's how a lot of this series is going to end up going, you know. Like, I really think that the best team in this series is the uh, is the um, Suns. So, you know, I think the Suns get this done. Honestly, I think the Suns are the best team in the West, man. I think they play defense, and they have such good Jay defensive Crowder, wings. Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder's oh. been a difference maker. Jay Crowder is the difference maker, you know, for this team. His three point shooting last night was awesome. You know, I felt like, especially in the first half, that he was really doing a lot to help carry this team offensively, was shooting the three point ball um Devin Booker too you know Devin Booker's really come into his own see the thing I like about Devin Booker like I said going to the bubble was I noticed that Devin Booker's playmaking had changed a lot you know and I really think that his playmaking the way he's been able to move the ball and whatnot I think that's huge because a lot of these guys you know they're just all about getting their shots up Devin Booker will pass it up for the better shot and that's even what Chris Paul's helped him do and Monty Williams done a hell of a job with this team too I mean this Suns team too we forgot about how ruckus these home crowds are man this team's this crowd is absolutely going crazy yeah, they're loud.
1: Um, there's actually some breaking news that we just got. Uh, not a shock to anyone, but congratulations to Nikolai Jokic, the center for the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, you have been named MVP of the National Basketball Association. So congratulations to him. Absolutely deserved. Uh, but back to the Suns. You know, you you just brought up Devin Booker, so I'm not going to talk about him anymore. Um, but you know, with his playmaking ability getting better. Listen, Chris Paul's not going to be there forever. Chris Paul may not even be there after this season. And it's Devin Booker's job to to continue this path. And I think he's probably learned a lot. He's a very skilled player. I want to give a shout-out. You gave one to Booker. DeAndre Ayton, man. I mean, what is up, big guy? I mean, listen. He's off to a great start in his career. A great start. You know, I was listening to a lot of people before the series, and they thought Jokic – would use his, uh, you know, intelligence, his body to try and get Aiton in foul trouble early, because his backups are Dario Saric mm-hmm. and Frank Kaminsky, who absolutely both of them cannot guard Jokic for their lives. So it's really important for Aiton, Aiton to stay out of foul trouble. He got his first foul with three minutes left in the second court. If, if if he does, if he can do that, the Suns probably won't lose a game in this series. Oh, like, that absolutely. Might be a, if he's on the court, able to produce. I mean, he looks incredible, man. He's hitting, he's hitting jump shots, um, you know, in the mid range, kind of on the elbows. Yeah. He's playing physical in the uh, post on offense. He's playing physical on Jokic defensively. Jokic made a couple of shots yesterday where it's just like, how the hell did you make that? MVP, and, the, and there's man. really only one guy in the NBA, in the uh, NBA that can make those shots, and it's Jokic, because he takes the contact and fades away. Like it's not bad defense. So major shout out to DeAndre Ayton. Absolutely living up to the number one pick so far. He's got a long way to go, but so far so good in this young man's career. I'm very impressed with him.
0: No, I absolutely agree with you on that one, Ben. DeAndre Ayton has been a beast. Like I always said in the draft class, I never said like I tried to try to reiterate sometimes. I never said he was going to be a bust. I just said he'd be the fourth best player out of that draft class. He's been the third. Well, so and far. I
1: will say, I will say the odds were kind of against him because big men that have gone pretty early recently, yeah, have have kind of failed out. Now, obviously, Embiid is another example that went early, but he didn't play his rookie year, but that was fine because he look how good he is now. Mm-hmm. But there's some examples of big men, you know, that haven't made it. And you know, I, I kind of Nerlens Noel now is a lot better than when he was in the beginning of his career. He went third or sixth overall, something like that.
0: No, I think he fell all the way to ten.
1: Maybe he did. Jalil Okafor was another name. I mean, there, there's plenty of names. The guys that just kind of didn't live mm-hmm. up to the draft type. So far, so good for Aiton.
0: No, absolutely. So far, so good for Aiden. Um, last but not least, man, those Nets look unbeatable. Last night was an absolute show. The Nets were just spraying down threes. I mean, Blake Griffin has become, honestly, I think Blake Griffin's become the key player of this team. Every single team needs an enforcer. You know, the Warriors had Draymond, the Cavs had Kendrick Perkins and Richard Jefferson. You know, all these teams have this, have like the glue guy who's just a scrappy get it done guy. And that's exactly what you get. When that you get uh, Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin, you know, he's finally like taken on this role. I don't know what Steve Nash and Amar Sotomayor said to him and D'Antoni, that old coaching staff, but whatever they did, they got him to buy into what they're doing. And last night was not even close. This was a series yeah. that me and you were both saying was going to go seven and be probably the best series of the whole playoffs. These two games have been embarrassing. Milwaukee shoots threes, and what's been stopping them? The Brooklyn defense. This is the team that was giving up 140. They hit the over like 15 straight games last year. I remember it was like 15 straight games they hit the over, and this team's playing tons of defense. Kevin Durant looks better than he did in the bubble. Kyrie Irving could not miss a shot last night. Ben, is anybody beating these Nets?
1: No, not right now. No, I mean they're doing this without James Harden, which is just like we've already seen what. We've already seen – it's not like we're, like, he's coming back and we're waiting to see if they can play together. Like, no, when he's there, they're actually unbeatable. So, listen, Durant, major shout-out to him, man. Durant's never – I don't think he's ever been labeled as a bad defender. I think people just don't talk about his defense because he's so skilled, so smooth offensively. Yeah. Durant. Durant's a good defender. I mean, it helps to have all that length. That double crossover on Giannis, I tweeted this out. I don't think there's anyone in NBA history that is defending that play. I, there's no way I can prove that, obviously, but I don't think there's a defender that's ever played the game that is stopping that because he's shooting it from like seven foot three yeah. whatever his wingspan is. I mean, listen, I want to touch on Blake Griffin real quick. For the people that just thought he was washed, like he was literally sent to die in Detroit. It, that's literally. what happens. It doesn't even matter to the sport. I said this to you. Uh, I mean, it was kind of as a joke. It was kind of not, but like, how often are you going to hear Jared Goff's name for the rest of his career? Never, unless he unless he goes off, you're not going to hear his name unless the Lions get good all of a sudden. Like the Detroit sports teams, like your career dies there. It's like the Sacramento Kings right now. Like you don't get talked about because you're not a big market. Your teams always stink, mm-hmm. and. And I've you play on the West England Coast Stadium. at 10
0: p.m., you know, with the Kings. That makes it even worse on me. with the Kings. Let's, yeah. let's put it this way Casey Myers might be the best young pitching prospect in all of the MLB. I guarantee you 80 no, 90% of the people listening to this podcast don't even know who the hell that is.
1: If they do, it's it's because he's from Georgia and he went to Auburn, not in relation to the Detroit Tigers, yeah. or that he went number one overall in the MLB draft. So I agree with you. And listen, Blake Griffin, you know, he didn't he, he didn't dunk for however however much time. That happened in Detroit, but what is his – I'm not saying this is right by him, but what's his motivation to give it 100%?
0: None.
1: None. So he goes to a team that has the best odds to win the NBA title, and all of a sudden he looks better again. Well, I mean, yeah, the motivation is there. He's playing with guys like Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden, playing for a guy like Steve Nash. You know, like the pieces are all there, so obviously he's going to try more. I don't blame him. Um, that's not how I – I mean, I would always try my best, even if I'm in Detroit. But it's hard to show up every single game
0: when you're in Detroit. I- I'm He did that one season that they made the playoffs. He kind of led them that season. He was a beast the, that year.
1: He's got a he's got a Detroit Pistons jersey and a pair of shoes in a basketball hall of fame. I just saw it when I was there for his, like, 50-point game or 60-point game, whatever he had there. Yeah. So, listen, he's not washed up. He's just older. He still can hop like a bunny. And he's going to he's, – listen, he's dominated for a couple of games in a row now. It's going to continue to happen. It's, it's just going to. And I think the problem right now for the Bucs is they – I'm going to call him their fourth best player, Brooke Lopez. I think that's fair. And he's good. He's not a paint presence anymore.
0: Not he basically
1: just sits on the perimeter. And if you notice that the Nets don't even play much of a big man? Like they play cl- Claxton who's – just about seven feet, so I guess he's the big man. But like DeAndre Jordan hasn't seen minutes. I don't know who their other center is. Maybe it's Claxton, but like Durant and Claxton are basically their big men. Uh-huh. And the uh, the Milwaukee Bucks have had no answer for it so far. Now, like I said previously, role players are going to play better at home. I don't know if the Bucks have enough. I'm gonna say the Nets finish the Bucks off in five.
0: I agree with that completely. I think it's pretty much over. I think Milwaukee might win game three out of pride, but other than that, I think it's done in five. So I'm on the it's same a, I mean, side. if they
1: don't win game three, might as well not even show up for game four because you ain't winning.
0: Oh no. I agree with you completely on that. Last thing I'm going to say on this topic, Ben is, also, too, that season when when uh, Blake Griffin played for the Pistons, he got hurt a ton. They made it the first round against the Bucs. Literally, the spread was true. like 16 points, and he could only play in one game. The one game he played in the first quarter, it was tied. And then after that, he couldn't reenter the game anymore. And he had like 20 in the first quarter. Just feel like, you know, he saw his body breaking down and everything, and he said, what's the point of doing all this to get swept by the Bucs in the first round? It's not worth my future health and my body and everything. Um, anyway, anything else you want to say about the NBA playoffs before we get to our final topic and get out of here? um i'm all good perfect yeah we said a lot there on that segment that was probably a solid 30 minutes of nba talk right there so good stuff for y'all there um last thing we got to talk about here is so coming up on friday the euro cup starts it's back i know a lot of y'all probably aren't big soccer fans but if you ever want to watch soccer i mean this is probably some of the best soccer you'll see the euro cup is like a world cup but it's only between europe all the best international teams play. You'll have some of the best players playing. You'll have Ronaldo. You'll have Timo Warner. Unfortunately, you'll have Messi because he plays for Argentina. But um, you'll have England, France, who is Mbappe. Um, you'll have Belgium, Germany, Portugal, Spain, Italy, Netherlands, just to touch on a few of the good teams. But anyway, so what well, I'm going to give you all...
1: Messi doesn't play for a European team uh, alongside Argentina?
0: No, he, play, he plays in, in the Spanish – uh su- I think oh. it's the Spanish Super League is what it's called. Or, no, it's La Liga. That's what it's called, the Spanish League. And he plays Got for it. Barcelona. But, yeah, so his international team is Argentina. They play on ConfiCaf, which I believe might be going on right now. I, can't, I don't know too much about that part. but So this is, all these games will be on ESPN, ABC, and Fox, I believe. so But, anyway, I'm going to give you all a future bet for this year. I hit mine on the World Cup last year. I had France plus 850. Or that was, I guess, two years ago. <laughs> I'm going with Belgium. So Belgium had a disappointing loss last year in the World Cup. They have some of the – or two years ago in the World Cup. They also have some of the best players in the world. They are favored to win that World Cup, including Eden Hazard. They have Romelu Lukaku, who's the leading goal scorer over in Syria A, which is Italian soccer and then they have let's put it this way guys they have a very stacked up squad they have the third best odds it's england england's always overrated always comes up short usually the favorites don't win tournaments like this It's very very rare that a favorite wins a tournament and championship which we've seen in a lot of other sports france is good but they just won the world cup you know so usually the team who wins the world cup doesn't win euro cup in a row rarely ever happens it only happened when spain had like the best international squad history Therefore, I'm going with Belgium here. They have the motivation. They have the anger. Also, Germany, too, is not as good as they used to be. Their plus 750 is right behind them. But they got bounced in the, by uh, Japan in the group stages of the World Cup a couple of years ago. So they're going to be pissed off, too. So I think those are the two best bets to to win it. I'm officially taking Belgium. So those of y'all who want to, you know, like me and Ben, you don't know much about soccer, but it'd be fun, you know, to ride one team to win the Cup. That's who we're pulling for this year is Belgium. So let's go, Belgium. Ben, anything to say on the Euro Cup?
1: You might as well have been speaking Mandarin right there. I have no idea what you just <laughs> said. Hey, that'd but, be like
0: uh, if, if you uh, started talking about hockey. I'd be the exact same way as you right now. I mean, I got, I
1: got nothing nothing much to add. If I, if I have a soccer question, I guess I'm going to you. I'm texting Adam Blair, so shout out Adam Blair because uh, I know that he played soccer in high school. And it's the only reason I would shout out Adam. But um, shout out Blair. He's he's the man. So if Blair, if you hear this. You're the man. If I have soccer questions, I'm coming to you.
0: Yeah, he definitely knows more about soccer than I do. That's for sure. But anyway, guys, it'll be fun to watch. You know, if you're working from home, you got the ability to turn your TV on. These games will be on all throughout during the day, during the week. So some great daytime TV to watch as well if you need a little sun on in the background trust me it's to be a high level competition these these european countries are completely shut down during the games they go absolutely crazy they'll have like everywhere in the cities they'll have humongous like buildings fans fans oh i don't know if they have fans in the stands for the actual cup actually here's something funny for you so um one of the best players on spain currently has um covid so they might have to play their u23 game, team for one of the games and so they can all pass through covid protocols yeah so there's something funny for you right there about covid i'm not sure if fans will be in the stands or not but But I can go ahead and tell you guys this, that all these European countries, literally, they will have these massive screens. I'm talking like screens like the size of a skyscraper showing the game. And there'll be thousands and thousands of fans. I don't know how strict these countries are about COVID, but that's the way it's always been in the World Cup and the Euro Cups in the past. But anyway, Ben, anything else before we get up out of here? No Hawks. Hey, go Hawks, guys! Let's get it done tonight. Also, look at us, Ben. We had tennis and soccer on the last two podcasts, and UFC. We're diversifying for y'all. We even had golf a couple podcasts ago. But appreciate everyone who tuned in, and we hope to talk to you all again soon. We'll probably see y'all later this week.